0: It's time to take a break from your day and let us build it in a positive way. This is Break and Build with Brad and Billy.
1: What's up everybody and welcome back. What's going on? Today, we're going on a journey down a rabbit hole of me. And TV broadcasting and production, specifically in the esports realm, but it does tie into TV a lot. Uh, There are some experiences that actually correlate to helping produce actual esports onto TV stations. So there's a lot. So uh, yeah, I guess we just, we step it back, right, Billy? It started, it yeah, started man. with us. <laughs> it um, did.
0: So we want to take you guys through this journey that Brad's had. So we're going to reverse the roles. We've been through all of everything that I've been through with YouTube and we haven't delved too far into Brad's personal agendas and uh, how he's gotten to where he is and you know what, he, what he's doing and everything like that. So Everything that Brad does, like I always tell you guys, is super impressive. We talked about in the last episode, if you guys didn't see that, you should definitely go back because Brad dropped a uh, a little Easter egg for how a mind may think to be successful, which was super powerful. So we're going to get into it. And we started all the way back when me and Brad connected, when we were started playing Halo. And... Yeah, man. So, so like, just run us through the early parts of your career because we've briefly touched on it, right? So, we talked about you being an entrepreneur, being the uh, car detailer, and then on to Walgreens, and then on from there. So, just give us a little background on that, and let's just start. Yeah, I
1: mean, I did, I did a bunch of management jobs and everything like that, and and Halo was a big part of my life and traveling, playing competitively, and then when we decided. Hey, let's host events. You know, I just kind of took on the the whole figuring out how to stream because you had to have mm-hmm. a stream if you're gonna have an event. You had to have a stream, even though esports was still new, and I had I I didn't know anything about it. So it was like, it's literally like sitting on Google and just searching like, okay, how do you do this stuff? Mm-hmm. And I remember the the hardest thing about the Halo events was that everything was played on Xboxes. So now how it's different is every person has their own Xbox and their own console. Nowadays mm-hmm. there's a spectator client and a lot of it's PC driven. So you really only have to worry about capturing a single PC and then everything's built into the game to be able to view this esport that's going on and the video game that's going oh, okay. on. But back then we had to hook up every Xbox individually and we had to manually press a button to switch between each person that you wanted to watch, so now it's all. I soft- so- remember that. Yeah. So now it's all software <laughs> driven. For the, for the most part, there is still ways you could hook up it, hardware and stuff like that, but like most of the stuff they build into the games now, so it's oh, okay. super easy. You're using a, a keyboard to like you know hit I want to go to player one or I want to go to player eight, whatever it is. Wow. Su- super easy. Even when we did like up up to you know a hundred person game we're using the numpad and we're just typing in whatever player number we wanted to go to. So imagine Billy hooking up a hundred individual feeds and then trying to like mm-hmm. watch that. Like it just it's just chaos. It's it's so much to do.
0: I so, mean I've seen eight feeds get hooked up <laughs> and it's chaos. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and and so like we started off with a uh literally like an eighty dollar HDMI input like hardware switcher that you would you would use this for hooking up like a dvd player multiple video game systems to a tv and you would literally click a button on it one two three (laughs) for like what source you want to watch on your tv right that is what we used for our first event
0: and how did you get to that conclusion that that's the one you should start with
1: because i i all i knew is it had to be hooked up hdmi because mm-hmm. everything came from the Xbox, so it's like, okay, I'll put an HDMI splitter on the Xbox. It'll go to the monitor, mm-hmm. and it'll go to something that we can press a button. Mm. I, I didn't know anything about SDI. I didn't know anything about these big hardware switchers, and we were just trying not to spend a lot of money. Like we had like mm-hmm. a small sponsor who was like, oh, I'll give you guys like you know eight hundred bucks or something to have the event happen. So we're like, all right, what can we get with this small amount of money? So mm-hmm. it was basically. The cheaper we can go, the better, and we still had to get all the cables and everything like that. So this is something where, like, everything comes in super similar to, like, your Pokemon Go experience with your, like, first uh, Go Fest, where, like, you get the equipment the day before with no testing. So it's like, you get the equipment, and we're like, okay, we just plug it in at the event. We literally didn't get it until, like, the, the night before. So, I've never done a stream. I've never done a broadcast. I've never done anything. I don't know what any of this equipment is. So, I get all hooked up. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. It's going to work. Well, not only that, but we didn't test if it worked until the first match was playing. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so there was it but but here's the thing was it being hooked up like it was being hooked up all the way until the first match was ready yeah or it was like ready and you couldn't and you just chose not to. no
1: it was like it's being hooked up like i'm pretty sure they yeah. started playing while we were still hooking it up even yeah that's what i thought I <laughs> like like we didn't even start streaming right away and so then we're like all right it's hooked up the first thing we do right is we press a button to switch a point of view and it makes the their screen go black <laughs> so like as you're playing your screen goes black for like two seconds
0: oh my and God. that's because the absolute no-go in halo like when you're running for the most clutch thing ever and you're like oh my gosh this guy's on fire switch to his screen screen goes black like <laughs> yeah, not gonna that. be able to work
1: <laughs> and, and so it's like the reason it goes black right is because think about it you're switching from one source to another on this thing that's made to just watch TV. Right. So like, if you click over to your DVD player from your Xbox, even if you switch a TV channel, right. It, it flickers black for a little bit. So like, that's just how it worked then. Like there wasn't anything else that was like this instant gratification thing. And, uh, so we're like, okay, all we can do then is we left it all hooked up. And then we said, okay, we can just pick one person's point of view to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, per match so then that's all Mm. we did we sat on a single person per game we switched it per game who we were watching and we just left it at that that was our first stream there's nothing else Mm -hmm. to it um so that that was kind of the first stream experience it went very well though like everything went went fine after that but not knowing the equipment was just like oh man so then we go into the second event and we're like all right now let's add like player cameras to it right Mm. we're using the same like type of switcher we're like okay we're just gonna have one point of view per team now instead of one player so now we have two point of views Mm -hmm. we know we can't switch it because we don't have money to go and buy thousands of dollars of stuff yet and then we're like okay webcams yeah usb webcams will create player cams we'll just hook up eight usb webcams into this computer and we'll have all these players point of views we buy like these like $8 USB webcams (laughs) like the crappiest USB webcams you could possibly imagine. And then I hook them all up into this USB splitter. So you've got eight USB devices going into a computer. Well, if you don't know this, computers can only handle so many USBs going in because it can only handle so much power going into it. So if you ever try to hook up a bunch of USB stuff on top of like your mouse and your keyboard and stuff like that, your computer's probably going to give you the middle finger and it's going to be like, (laughs) I'm not working. And that's just what happens. So uh, even to this day, I've seen a lot of people that do like lower production stuff. They'll be like, oh, I'm just going to run everything off webcams. I had one last year that I did consulting for and I was like, you can't do that. Uh, i've been through this it it's going to not work at some point and there's multiple things that can happen either the computer just won't work or the webcams will become super like laggy and desynced cuz it can't process mm-hmm. like all the video stuff coming in so it'll become like super laggy desynced you could run it for 10 hours and it would be perfectly fine well at any given point within that broadcast just assume that everything's going to not work for you and you're going to have to restart it all turn it all off let your computer breathe. So I was like, you can't do that. They're like, oh, well, we tested. I was like, well, how did you test it? Oh, I plugged everything into it. It worked. I was like, how long did you run it for? Oh, like five minutes. Well, that's <laughs> that's not long enough. You're about to do a 45-hour broadcast. Five minutes is not going to be what's happening in hour 15. So like, uh-huh. it's not meant to do that. Computers are not meant to take that much stuff in. So uh-huh. once again, we plug it all in at the event. It doesn't work. So like it, it, they just don't (laughs) show up. Doesn't even work for a minute. No, it doesn't even like the stuff doesn't even show up, and 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 it's because the computer physically like can't comprehend what's happening. It's like I don't know what you're putting in me and how much stuff you're putting in me. It probably has
0: a lot to do with also the fact that like webcams get powered off that USB. Yes,
1: yes, it does. So like if you're you're, if you're running components in your computer that already has too much power yeah yeah you just there's nothing you could do about it so yeah i think that they weren't getting power and whether Mm -hmm. it was due with the splitter too many inputs whatever and so i'm like okay well I don't have enough cables cuz like I put them all into this splitter on the desk and then I had one cable that went to the computer. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well I don't have enough long enough cables to run to the computer for all of them individually. So we're just going to hook up one camera and we're going to have one point of view again for this event cuz that's all we can do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have
0: two events that go down, right? And like when we're listening to this and they're listening to this like there's pretty easy outs here right like there's a pretty easy like i suck at this (laughs) there's a pretty easy like this is hard like we've already had two events that have suboptimally performed as far as like what my mind perceives could happen and what my and then you know like what actuality is so how did you manage those uh gaps in like i think this can happen and this is what's actually happening and then like not get so frustrated that you're like i'm not doing this
1: I think that the frustration goes out the window when everybody that's attending the event is having such a good time. Mm. Um, And I think that the amount of people that we had at those events and the caliber of players that we had at those events and just everybody, the fun that everybody was having is what pushes you to do it again. Mm. Despite all of the issues that you might have technology-wise, it's like, oh, hey, we had less than last time. So it's an improvement, right? Mm -hmm. we had better this like it's an improvement so as long Mm -hmm. as like when you're doing one thing you're going from one event to another and you say here's the one thing we improved on here's the 10 things that went better than last time like you learn from your mistakes don't let those mistakes happen again right we didn't let the same mistakes happen we let new mistakes happen um but you just improve on the quality you improve on the performance, you improve on the flow, you improve on everything. So that's all you can mm-hmm. do is you you improve, 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 let the past be the past. So then at this point, we have investors actually attend this event and you know, now we start to get money. to And get this is
0: gear. College of DuPage? Yep, yep. College cool. of
1: DuPage in Chicago is where this is. So guys,
0: was. the one baby wins, like just focus on baby wins all the time. As you heard Brad say, like even for me, Stuff sucks. Like it sucks at first. If you can just look at the small little incremental wins along the way, like don't think you're going to be ESPN when you literally have never touched a computer. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest mental gap that creates people anxiety. To sw- I hear people all the time, like I'm starting a YouTube channel, and then I'll go and look at their YouTube channel like two months later, and they'll put out one video, mm-hmm. and I guarantee it's because they'll like watch, and I-, I don't even think my videos are that great. My videos, or they'll like, watch, you know, another person's videos. And they're like, wow, they're really good. And then you actually get and do it and you're like, okay, well, this was really hard or my audio didn't work or my camera looks like crap or whatever it is. And then you look at the other video and you're like, well, I can't do that. Right. And instead of Brad going to ESPN and watching like my stream didn't look like that, he said, I started here and I just took one step forward and I already made some improvements. Like use that in your life. Just look at yourself and compare yourself to you instead of comparing yourself to somebody that's a professional.
1: So the investors attend that event. We end up getting money now to get like professional equipment. And I did all this research. A lot of people out there, if you are in the broadcast world, you know what like a TriCaster is. A TriCaster is like the most commonly used switcher that you can plug everything into. They're really expensive though. Like I'm talking like you gotta go like 30 to $100,000 in, in wow. the hole to get one of those. So there's this company, Blackmagic. And I, mm-hmm. for anybody that is doing any type of like production, even camera stuff, like for video work, Blackmagic is like absolutely my favorite company out there. And they will be until the end of time because they are affordable and their quality of what they do is so good. Like they understand that the people that are going to use their products are amateurs semi-professionals but then they do have a step for Mm. those professionals like they have these tiered things of price points like if you're just a little if you're just a streamer they've got this three hundred dollar switcher now that you can go and buy hook up your actual camera to hook up your xbox to it and you can have a hardware switcher it's like it's 300 bucks well 15 years ago you had to spend fifty thousand dollars or you were getting nowhere Mm. So it's like it's like they have these things from three hundred dollars all the way up to you know twenty thousand dollars of whatever you want to get. So they're absolutely amazing. E- even their camera gear, it's the exact same thing. Where it's like you want a cheap camera gear to go around in your pocket, or do you want this crazy expensive movie or TV quality camera that you want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on? Like they have the range for whatever you need, and their products are so good. And and I just they're amazing. So I find them. Because I was like, okay, our budget is like, you know, we've got this fifty up to $50,000 investment, but we don't want to go spend it all. So we want to do stuff very, very cheap. We buy some cameras that were, are not the best cameras. We bought Canon cameras um, mm-hmm. for broadcast. So like they ended up being good for like photos and stuff like that that we were doing, but they're not good for on live presence. And that's because when you're doing cameras for on live presence, you need to make sure they're going to stay recording. So a lot of these cameras that are meant for photos, when you record them, they're only meant to record for like a minute, two minutes, like mm-hmm. in, in a row, and then they turn off on you. So that's something to look at whenever you're looking at cameras. If you're wanting something that does photos and does video, it's really hard to come across. Uh, the best ones that probably do both are like the small shirt sure shot cameras that you'll use to vlog or like Billy uses for like mm-hmm. YouTube stuff because they have, they do really good photos, but they do really good videos Um, But Mm -hmm. they're not going to give you all of like the oh I could change my lens out and they're not meant for like these high quality super professional photos. So we get these Canon cameras and we're like oh we can get lenses we could do whatever. Well they don't stay on they stay on for like a ten minute duration and we have to hit them on and off every time we're going to go live. So it's like, it's not ideal, it works, but we have to make sure that the casters are only on camera for a very small period of time, because that's really the only thing that we were showing on camera at that point. But it's just an annoying factor of like, oh, I got to get up, I got to turn this on, I got to make sure it's focused, I got to do all these steps before I can mm-hmm. go to this camera. You never want to really put yourself in that situation. You want to get a camera that is meant for broadcast and that is going to stay recording. Blackmagic has amazing cameras for that, um, and they do do they do decent photos, like they don't do mm-hmm. amazing photos. But like if you need photos, like they'll do like photos for you. But if you it's two separate things, if you want photos to get photos for an event or photos for something, you need to go buy a Canon camera with L glass lens and you got to put all this money into a photo rig. If you want something that is video, you need to put your money into a video rig, they are two completely different things. They don't cross paths. If they cross paths, you're going to get mediocre of both. So like you just have to decide on what you want. Mediocre of both is perfectly fine for a lot of situations. But if you're doing like a live broadcast, you just got to weigh those pros and cons.
0: I think as a consumer on that point, it's like we think that we spend more money, which equals better of everything and it can do more. Right. Mm -hmm. But in reality, When you spend more money, you get more laser focused on what that specific thing is really good at. Like you just emphasized of like a really good Canon camera for photos is going to suck at videos or a really good video uh, camera, more video first camera second is going to not so good photos, which is, you know, you got to pick like we, I use that same Canon camera and try to do vlogs with it and it was uh, awful like yeah. i see people out there starting vlogs and they have a canon rebel trying to hold it up and it's like the ca- dude the camera autofocus is so incredibly slow that if you used it you'd be blurry the entire time of it trying to focus on you
1: yep it's because those lenses are made to stay at a single focal length like it's meant yep. to stay like hey you sit here i'm taking a photo right you're focusing yeah. it all you're taking a photo it's not meant to do this forward backward forward backward, forward backward thing and right it, it can't keep up Uh, it's important
0: to know your products. Like what is is their primary focus? Brad is is harping on this and doing an amazing job at it. So so like whenever you're getting something like you really want to look like, seriously,
1: go watch all the videos out there, watch a bunch of reviews, find out exactly what that product does, find out what its pros and cons are, compare it to the other 10 products you might buy and just slowly narrow it down. I do this Mm -hmm. to this day for everything. Like I just bought a new gimbal. And I needed it for a very certain camera. So I went and looked at all the gimbals that were good for that camera. And then I said, okay, these three are are pretty good. Then I went and I watched like 10 different YouTuber reviews on all on all of those. And then I narrowed it down to two. And then one of the two just had like 10 points that were better than the other one. And I was like, it's a no brainer. This is the one I buy. Um, and like the price point was double for the other one. So like mm, wow. I got the cheaper one because it ended up being better for my camera for my rig for what I needed to do and so like yeah I could have gone and bought this better one that was like made out of better metal it can fold up and it's better for traveling maybe and like all these other things and I'm like (laughs) it's it's meant for bigger cameras it's going to be heavier it's not going to be it's not meant for like my camera this other one is like specifically meant for the camera that I have so I went with that one and it was like it's half the price so sweet Mm. so like Money, the the amount of money you spend is not always the answer. Like, certain companies just think they're worth more, so the product's more expensive. <laughs> it's right. as simple as that. Um, so yeah, we we get through that. We, I get this black magic switcher. I move over everything to SDI. So now we're converting the Xboxes from HDMI to SDI. SDI is um, standard. I don't even know what it stands for, honestly. I forget. <laughs> so there's there's SDI and there's, A, there's HD-SDI. Uh, there's all these different forms. Like some are standard definition, some are high definition, some are fork, and then it goes into like fiber. So uh-huh. it's basically HDMI. Certain cables can only go certain lengths. Like an HDMI cable, once you get to like that like 50-foot range, it's just going to lose signal on you. It, hmm. it physically can't transfer the data far enough. So SDIs, they can go up to 250 feet before that starts to happen. And then you can add like a, a device on it called a repeater, which will allow you to extend it even more, like another 250 feet. So you can do that. But now you start to have all these points of failure. So a big thing in the hmm. production is you want to minimize your points of failure. So like if you come out of an Xbox with an HDMI cable, you go into a converter. Then you got to go sdi to the switcher, you have you know four points of failure. You got the Xbox, you got the HDMI cable, the converter, the SDI cable, and the switcher. So you got five points of failure right there. Every single step you add in between, there's gonna be another point of failure that you have to check if something goes wrong. So whenever you're hooking anything up, always look at how many points of failure you possibly have and minimize it. I can't even tell you how many times I've had people just go hook up cable after cable after cable. So it's like, okay, hey, we have to get this 20-foot cable right? Instead of going and getting a 20 or 25 foot cable, I've seen people take a three foot cable, a five foot cable, and a 10 foot cable and (laughs) connect them all together. And I'm like, okay, now you just added in five more points of failure because you have a three foot cable, five foot cable, a 10 foot cable. Then you've got the connector between both of them. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: now you have five extra points of failure that you don't need to have. So now if anything goes wrong with that feed, you got to go check now eight points of failure, nine points of failure instead of five. Mm. So like you're just, you're making it when something does happen. And when I pre- I, pre- I preface it that when something goes wrong, not if it's when in the mm-hmm. broadcast world, it is when something goes wrong, how fast you can react and fix it. Because it does not matter how much you test stuff. It does not matter how many rehearsals you do. It does not matter if everything is working perfectly fine for three days straight the second you go live, something is going wrong. Like a camera's breaking, a cable's breaking, a light is going out. It does, I, it does not matter what it is. Something is going wrong and is going to consistently keep going wrong during that entire broadcast. And all it is, is how fast you can react, what plans you have in place to fix it and how fast you can fix it. So points of failure, super important. And, uh, I think that that just kind of even goes at high levels, this happens. A hundred percent. Okay. It, it's so when when stuff goes wrong, it's how do you make it not noticeable to the consumer? So like mm. if you go watch like a live TV show or a sporting event, you're not going to know of any of these issues because they're so mm. in tune to how to fix it and they have so many backups in place that it doesn't matter,
0: right? Like camera one's not feeding in. We're only it, shooting through camera two it, angle.
1: Exactly. It doesn't matter until they fix it, right? Um, there's so many things like how many times have you watched, um, you know, the end of the Super Bowl and you've got the camera on the field and it starts to cut in and out, right. Because they're not getting a good signal because there's so much, so many other signals in that area now that are blocking it. Cause it's a wireless signal most of the time. So all mm-hmm. cell phones get in the way of that. All those news crews get in the way of that. So you've got all these radio frequencies sending ca- camera signals. So now when that starts to get all choppy and stuff like that, they got to just say that camera's done cut to another one. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when they're like that, you might all of a sudden get a far away camera because all the cameras on the field probably stopped working and mm-hmm. they have to like readjust and, and wait for that to happen.
0: So like there's kind or of a sometimes situation. like if they don't have another thing, they'll literally say like, okay, we're sorry for the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you'll know when they don't have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just, and, and there's no reason to not just say it. Cause it's like, it's, it's electronics, it's equipment, stuff breaks. So yeah. trying to beat around the bush is sometimes worse than just being like, well, this just happened. We're figuring it out. And you're just watching the two announcers, right. while they figure it out <laughs> because there's nothing else you can do. Everything else is broken. Um, right and 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 that happens even less at high level because they have so many more cameras right like they've got 100 cameras in that stadium versus a smaller production where you might only have one camera or two cameras Uh well if it breaks you now have to go to just a solid weight screen and be like sorry for the technical difficulties but how (laughs) fast can you fix that to be up and running well the less points of failure the better for you Mm. um so yeah, I think that it's it's just doing the research, figuring out what your points of failure are. We get into this whole SDI, new equipment realm, and we go on to these new events now using this equipment. We, uh, <laughs> we're we such a stickler. For whatever reason, we're just like, we have to have player cams since day one. And that's probably the, <laughs> that's dumb, the like dumbest... That's because like MLG have player cams, I know. Cams, I know. It's, it was just the nostalgia of... It's life. what you had to have, and we should have just done it's without a- it. It shouldn't have been a big deal. It added yeah. so much complications. So but it's so cool though i know we, we upgrade that <laughs> we get some lights we get a backdrop we get these canon cameras we're like all right cool player cams we need to get player cams i'm like all right how do i do this without spending you know a thousand dollars per camera
0: so like what would be the ideal <sighs> player cam scenario if so, you were to have a yeah. limited budget so
1: the um the the ideal one is honestly it's the black magic micro cameras and you can buy lenses for like 150 bucks for them the cameras uh-huh. are $1,300 each though. So you're spending $1,300 oh, on a camera. So basically you're spending $1,500 per setup. They okay. they go up to 4K. They're amazing cameras. They're really small. You can put them on mounts right in front of people and stuff like that. So that's the ideal situation. They're all SDI fed. Um, it's it's a lot of stuff. That's the ideal situation. That's what pretty much is the industry standard map. Mm. Um, so those did not exist though until maybe two and a half years ago so before that there were there was marshall cameras and they made these small pocket cameras they went up to 1080p um they're about 500 bucks each uh no lenses that you can change on them. they're these really small like they're about webcam size cameras really small um they shot in color and black and white you needed really good light for them or they turned out really grainy Every time the mm-hmm. power goes off, you have to reset all their settings manually. Lots of flaws to them. Like <laughs> this is like bootleg, like small camera stuff. Um, so it's like every time, every morning, you have to go into every camera manually, reset everything, go through these million settings. It's the biggest pain in the butt ever. Um, oh man! Yeah, we used we used those, and then we we upgraded to uh, Blackmagic for all the other esports stuff that I do. So before that, I went down and I said security cameras i said security cameras have this hardware thing that switches between them and it's like 500 bucks for like 12 cameras
0: yeah security cameras so
1: we get security i remember cameras. you
0: coming to me with that i was like you're like i got the answer yeah <laughs> i don't hear the back workings but i hear dude i got the answer <laughs> like awesome
1: so i made a rig out of pvc pipe and I zip tied security cameras to it. That was the rig for this.
0: Dude, the innovation behind this guys, you guys just like take this in, take it in, (laughs) for real.
1: So we've got this PVC rig that goes across, you know, eight computer monitors and there's a camera zip tied above each one. And uh, the reason we did that is it was easy to transport, easy to move and stuff. I didn't want to make this big bulky thing out of wood. Um, And so we hook it all up, I'm like, okay, this looks good. The color wasn't the best. It was lower quality. Even though stuff says it's 1080p, here's the next lesson. That doesn't mean it's 1080p. (laughs) There's a million versions of 1080p. So it's like, think of of cell phone cameras, right? When cell phone cameras first came out and you look at them and you're like, okay, cool. It's a cell phone. It has a camera. It's like a three megapixel camera, right? Uh Now you look at cameras and they're like 50 megapixels. So look at where it's gone from to where it is now. If you took one of those flip phone cameras and you took a photo with it, it'd probably look like pixel art that you drew out of boxes because it's not (laughs) going to be clear. It's the exact same thing with, like, these cameras when you buy them. Security cameras are not meant for broadcast. Security cameras are meant to go up in the corner of somewhere, get this wide-angle shot, Mm -hmm. and do these, like, frame-by-frame things just to see a general what is going on, right? Yeah. How many TV shows have you watched where they're like, oh, we got security camera footage, and they try to zoom in, and it's just like a blur of somebody or, or something. right? Yeah, they're not right. meant for high quality. They're meant for just mm. standard, here's what I can see to protect what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we hook it up. It's super not not super clear, kind of pixely. Uh, the color isn't the best. So what we do to make the quality better is you put it in black and white. Uh, Mm. because when you don't have to do all the color and stuff like that, and you don't have to light the people black and white seems to be better. So we did black and white night vision mode. And that (laughs) gave us the best quality cameras for these players. And I'm just like, Oh, this actually looks kind of cool because like the video games in color, you don't want it to take away too much from the video games. Yeah. They're in black and white. Cool. That's, that's awesome. So we run it in black and white. So we got black and white player cams with these security cameras and we basically just left it like that for the rest of the events, and we didn't mess with it at all. But this is how you have to switch them. You ready? It's not um, going into the switcher or anything like that. So now you've got the security camera thing, and you've got a remote control with the number of cameras <laughs> on it. So you've got a TV remote control to switch them. And I got at this point I had to have somebody helping me. So I had uh, my my buddy Nick that we met that lived in the Tennessee area when we were doing all these Tennessee events he's sitting next to me with a a remote control and I'm on the hardware switcher. And I'm like, get ready to go to three, three. And then he would click three on the remote. I would click three on the thing. And so like, it's super standard for when you have to have two of these things like this switching, you'd have two people pressing the buttons. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like you're coordinating, okay, ready to go to this player. Three, two, one, boom. Three, two, one, boom. Three, two, one, boom. And you're both pressing it at the same time even to this day you'll notice a lot of a lot of esports stuff still uses this because you'll see it switch to somebody in game and then the player cam will switch afterwards and that's because they're not counting they're letting the person that is viewing in game switch to whoever they want to switch to and then they have another person that's just watching and then going, okay, I'm hitting the camera it's going to after it switches mm-hmm. in-game. So it still happens a lot with a lot of esports and a lot of things like that. There's not very many other things out there where you have to switch like two cameras at once like this. It's really mm-hmm. specific to esports because you want to mm-hmm. see their face and see what they're doing in-game at the same time. And a lot of people don't do player cams for that reason because it's a huge budget. It is a lot more coordination. There's a lot of things that go into it and that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where we were at. That's the equipment that we had. Uh, we ran five or six more events with that equipment and we didn't really improve anything after that. So then that kind of leads us into the more professional, I'm going to say professional with big quotations here, uh, <laughs> professional broadcast route. I did consultation uh-huh. for a company uh, which I still work at, which is Hire studios and you know, we kind of went over the story. They told me not to bring any equipment. I'll just kind of powerhouse through this this part. I brought my equipment, though, and basically the company that was supposed to do the broadcasting had never done a broadcast before. So they didn't know that you needed a computer. They didn't know any of this stuff. They're used to just broadcasting to screens in a venue. Uh, so, like, I have to hook up all my equipment, help them through this event. Sweet. Uh-huh. It ended up working really good. I ended up getting a job off of it. Um, so now, starting at a company that has a bigger budget, right? So now you go from, I've never had a budget to how do I start to do this, but still on a low budget because esports is not a proven thing yet, especially for a new company going into a new esports realm with a game that is becoming successful for them and a new game. They don't want to just say, hey, let's hire 50 people. Hey, let's buy all this stuff. They don't want to do that because it's a huge risk. So it's like, okay, how do you take the equipment that you have currently and how do you expand on it? Okay, we can, you know, go and spend a couple thousand dollars improving this way, this way, this way, this way. So we improve a little bit on it. We're just doing these online broadcasts and then we're going into an event. So we have to just upgrade equipment. We upgrade to the Marshall cameras for player cams. So now this is where these mm-hmm. Marshall cameras come into play. So like this we is get... the black magic ones? No, no, no. This is this is not black magic. It's okay. a company called Marshall. These are like the five hundred dollar cameras. Okay. Um it's really all that was out at that point. It's it's kind of all you could find and use for small form cameras. So we get those cameras. Um, we get some more equipment, we get a graphics software and things like that. Uh, and now talking about graphics software. So when we were doing graphics for all of our stuff, we would just use Photoshop, and we mm-hmm. would save Photoshop images, mm-hmm. and then it would save them to the switcher or to OBS. And like that's just kind of how you did it without having graphics software. You'd have Photoshop open, you'd be updating names, you'd hit save, and it would update it automatically. Mm. Um, it's not a good workflow. <laughs> uh it's it's just really i'm still under the presumption that that's how it's done no so so it's just really slow so when you look at the the graphic side of things you can start with that and you can just save images there's nothing wrong with it it's super low cost you can do it then you start looking at softwares and the reason people do that is like the jump for graphics goes from Oh, I can spend twenty dollars a month and do this in Photoshop, and just let it be a little slower and make my workflow work around it. Or I could go spend one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like, there's no in between okay. here. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no in between. There's, there's literally nothing. So, like, you go from that to Ross Expressions or Vizrt, and those are pretty much the two that are used in the industry across the board. as Ross but for the entire
0: time that you had an extremely, I would say, successful, up to what max recurring consistent viewers twenty five thousand uh, for all of our arena gamings, you did the Photoshop. Versions correct, correct. Because we did not have one hundred fifty thousand dollars to spend on a company. So, guys, you can get to a really high level on a low budget, man. Yeah. Like let let your let your environment demand mm-hmm. that you need like brad's now in a place that like demands that he needs this right
1: because it's a million dollar company you have to have better quality right so you have to do um better work so i'm like okay we need a new graphic system we can't be doing this this is like the first thing that I, I need to figure out and i'm doing all this research trying to find these smaller graphics companies there's a couple out there find this one that's based out of turkey called Character Works. To this day, so this was in 2014, to this day, it is the program we still currently use. Wow. Yes. When, when I, we discovered it, they were a brand new company with very little features, very little functionality, but it allowed us to build graphics in a way where we didn't have to use Photoshop and we could do it more live. And how that Mm. works is you have basically a software on a computer and you have two SDI cables that come out of it. One's called a key and one's called a fill. And what that means is a key is a black and white image, right? So imagine taking any image in existence, turning it into like a film negative, right? So it's a black and white, like film negative. Then you have the fill, which is all of your color, and it goes on top of it. And what that is, is everything that is black is going to be see-through. So in that black and white image, anything that's black is not going to appear on your screen, and it's going you're going to see the camera shot behind it. Anything that's white then allows you to put color on top of it. Very similar mm-hmm. to like screen printing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, here's where the screen is, here's where the ink goes on, here's where the color goes on. Wherever that mm-hmm. screen is not cut out, you see the camera behind it. So that allows you to have these transparent lower thirds and transitions and things like that that are on screen that you see. So you've got this key and this fill that come out. We we spend like under $1,000 for this software. All right. We're like <laughs> their like first customer outside of Turkey. They did stuff with like a soccer um, team inside Turkey. We're like their first company outside of Turkey. So we get this really, really good working relationship with them. and we start like telling them like, Hey, what about all these other features? We need features for this, this, and this, and this. So we just start like going down this entire feature list with them. We give them all of this stuff that like you need in the industry to be able to like advance. Mm -hmm. And so now they start making these features for us. So now we have this company that we spend like a thousand dollars on a product. That's literally developing it for our needs. in the hopes that it will help them expand to more companies in the future. So we're like, this is like the biggest win we could have ever asked for where we were and in the industry at this time. It was like, it was like, it was absolutely insane. And so we just, we just stay on this, this thing with character works all the way to now. And we looked at jumping and going to those more expensive ones, like expressions and bizarre T, but Every time we went to do it, we're like, it's going to change our workflow. It's going to be a huge investment. It's going to require more people. We don't have the skill set to develop stuff in it. So we always ran into these big roadblocks bo- whenever trying to do that. And instead, mm-hmm. we have the best people at our company that know CharacterWorks. Like, we've been asked to go and do, you know, consulting for other companies to show them how to use CharacterWorks, develop wow. projects for other companies for CharacterWorks, because we were like the founding fathers of this software and help them develop it like for esports needs and and that's a lot that's something that, like a lot of people don't know out there and like ray who i work with like he's like i swear to god he is the best character works operator in the world like he was the first person to start working on it in the esports industry he helped mm-hmm. develop all this stuff and like now now he's he's running the show now you know over over at, at high-res but like what the work that we did between him and me but him being the operator and developing the stuff for that it blows my mind and so throughout the six years of working with character works it was this non-stop working relationship of developing this product coming up with new features and we would get the betas of these features just like if a video game goes into beta like six months, sometimes a year before they would be available to anybody else. They're like, oh, we got sound. Okay, we want that now because we need it for our event in a week. Well, we don't know if it's going to (laughs) work. We don't care. Give it to us. (laughs) So like we would get these features and we would ask them to put features in these special releases for us to be able to debut them at events so then they can Uh see how they work and and it's just it's it's absolutely insane. And so like we we had this just nonstop relationship with them all the way up until now and like it's yeah. So even even now if you're going to do something character works is where you want to start. Character works nice. is your stepping stone to go from Photoshop to character works. It's more expensive now, but it's like you can get a decent rig for like under 2 grand. You can get, mm-hmm. you know, a full-blown thing for like 5 grand. So um but the cool thing about them is they got all these features in there that you can just pay to unlock. So you can get this mm-hmm. basic stuff and then you can pay 200 bucks when you need sound and you can unlock the audio. You can pay 500 bucks and unlock another output if you need another output. So like, it's mm-hmm. super expandable. Um, and I would say it's pretty similar to using like Photoshop and stuff or like editing a video. So if you're familiar with that stuff, it's kind of hand in hand. Cool. Um, and and yeah, then if you want to go up to vizrt and expressions that's where you go from there like if if you're doing some crazy stuff that's what you're going to need it's going to be way better off for you
0: so that's probably what like espn and them use yeah
1: yeah yeah like pretty much pretty much everybody uses one of those two most of them are going to on the tv side are going to be using vizrt um i'm pretty sure that the nfl uses expressions though because the people Mm -hmm. that we talk to in expressions here they actually go and they help them during like the super bowls and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah, it's just it's really just what you're comfortable with, what your operator does, what your exact needs are. Um, but yeah, those are the two that you typically use. Um, so that's, that's kind of what kicked us off into the first p- going the next step professional. Um, the last thing that I'll kind of wrap this episode with up with is the amount of people on broadcasts. So I was doing all these broadcasts by myself or with one other person and going into doing stuff for esports it was under the same vein where it was like me and then plus one or plus two people only. typically for broadcasts you've got teams of 50 to 100 people putting a show on so Mm -hmm. we're doing these broadcasts that usually require that many people with three people so that's another just thing is like you can accomplish so much by yourself or with a small amount of people if you develop the systems behind it to support it and you try to automate stuff. Um, so it's like, if you're going to start a project, it's really hard to do it by yourself. It's going to require more work and stuff like that. Well, when you hit a point of like, I physically can't do it, just find one person that can help you. And you're going to accomplish 10 times. You might think oh I'm going to double it. No, you're going to like quadruple 10 times the amount of stuff because everything Mm -hmm. becomes easier. Um, don't get stuck in a mindset of I need to do this. It's going to require everything. It doesn't require all the equipment. It doesn't require all the people. It doesn't require, you know, millions of dollars to make it happen. You can make stuff happen if you figure it out. It's just going to take more time and more engineering work and more brain power. That's all it's going to take. But at the end of the day, you're going to, you know, be able to come out on top and feel just more. I guess accomplished, right? It's like yeah. oh, I didn't remember. And you're going to be
0: more knowledgeable. Yeah,
1: definitely. And, and and I'll get I'll get a little bit more into like where the people come into play as we expand into bigger events and stuff like that, like where you kind of have to have more people and we have to sit them, but I'll tell you this. There's one event that I've been a part of that was a full-fledged the amount of staff you should have for a broadcast. Um and that was with Overwatch League when it was going to ESPN and ABC and Disney Channel all at once. So that's the only event I've been a part of where I've been able to actually see how many people that they have to put on an event. All the events I'm used to doing, like million dollar events, like millions of dollars into a single event. I'm talking we run that anywhere from 10 staff up to maybe 20 max and Mm. those events should be triple that usually so you can accomplish a lot with a small team Um, yeah i mean that's that's what i got for right now um we'll we'll kind of continue this journey into the next one and kind of talk about how it expands into those million dollar events how the equipment Mm -hmm. takes a step up and then my experiences working with other companies um so if you want to know like what it's like working with like companies like Supercell, companies like Overwatch, um, and things like that, I have experience with all of that, done broadcasts for them all, and things like that. So kind of can go into the nuances and the ins and the outs of kind of what you experience different working for different companies, which I think is really good just in general when you're working with different customers, when you're working with different companies, um, you know, clients and anything like that, that goes across almost any job or any career you're going to have. Um, and how different it is. It's, it's wild, like how different things, things are, and you have to be able to adapt to that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got started into it and I'll leave you guys there and we'll do the other half of the journey in the next episode.
0: Yeah. Super insightful as always lots of little things that you guys can take away from what brad talks about how you expand on things how you think about things how you analyze like how can i be the most productive here if i can understand more i think the biggest thing we're going to Take away from this is like knowledge is power. It's not always money because you could have a lot of money and spend it on something and not know about it and just completely waste your money. Yep. So I think that's the biggest thing that you guys could absolutely take away from this is literally the more you know about the small things that are gonna then demand you to get bigger things, the better you're gonna be about being able to talk to people about it, to be able to know not to get ripped off about getting a specific product because you're like, no, I don't need that. This is what I need because I already know. All the bottom feed, like I've looked through all the bottom feed before I take one step out. And that is just like the most powerful thing you guys could do. Knowledge is always power. And the more you know, the better you're served in any facet of life.
1: Agree. Wholeheartedly agree.
0: Yep. All right, guys. We appreciate you being here as always. Excited to hear about this next journey. This is some stuff that I probably haven't heard too much about either. So I'm equally as excited to hear about (laughs) these next level broadcasts because when you see this in operation and like for me, seeing it from event standpoint and like watching all, you know, these cords and equipment and, you know, stuff that like is completely over my head is it's just so cool but but like then seeing like rigs hooked up and all the cameras and like you know full-fledged like espn bottom thirds and stuff like that that brad talks about which is like the bars that go across in motion correct yep yep or just are like correct. it's so next level man so <laughs> i'm excited to hear about all that as well sweet thanks
1: everybody and we'll see you on the next one
0: later